Interest rates are crazy right now, going over 7%. But what if you could buy a house still today at two and a half, three, four, five percent and not do it through the bank, do it off market and continue to build this up without putting a ton of cash down? We're going to show you that right now here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. If you are serious about building your short-term rental business to $10,000, $20,000, maybe even $30,000 a month or more, you have come to the right place. My name is Kyle Stanley, and this is the Fearless Investor Podcast, where we teach you all things short-term rentals, the best guests, the best tools, the best strategies. There are so many investing paths out there. It can be seriously overwhelming to start out as a new investor, but take it from me, short-term rentals is the best and the quickest way to build your cash flow. So buckle up, listen in, and get ready to conquer the world of short-term rentals. Here we go. Hey everyone, welcome into the Fearless Investor Podcast. You're listening to me, Kyle Stanley, and I'm extremely excited about this conversation today with Chris Prefontaine of the Smart Real Estate Coach. Guys, I met Chris before COVID. I don't even know that I was doing Airbnb at the time that I met him. I might've just gotten started. Uh, but this strategy of buying on terms was so over my head, but I knew that there was something to it. And so I just, I dove in a little bit more. I learned a little bit more. I, I went educated myself. I partnered with someone that was interested in this as well. Um, and, and we went out and did three deals. And what I can tell you is that at that time, it was really difficult to do those deals because interest rates were so good in buying houses. Now today with interest rates going up and people kind of freaking out a little bit, this is the best time to buy houses on terms because you're going to get way better deals. You're going to have way more motivated sellers. And on the backside of that, you can exit strategy this with an Airbnb and picture this, we always talk about arbitrage, right? Being a very low barrier of entry. Take that idea, match it with buying a house on terms. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Buying with very little skin in the game, but now we have all the advantages of the real estate. So it's arbitrage on steroids is really what it is. So let's, let's get into this right now. I'm super excited with Chris Prefontaine being here on the Fearless Investor Podcast. And oh, by the way, I don't want to forget to mention, you got to go check out Price Labs. If you're not using Price Labs, they are a great sponsor with us. I love using Price Labs. It's completely changed the pricing in my business. All you got to do to get a free trial of that is go to fearlesskyle.com forward slash Price Labs, and you can get started today. But with no further ado, let's get to it with Chris Prefontaine. All right, guys, welcome in. If you are watching this live, uh, we're here live with Chris Prefontaine of the Smart Real Estate Coach. And we are going to be talking about buying on terms, which also, you know, there's a, there's a lot of names for this out there. Buying on terms, creative financing, subject to, right? We got, we got a lot of different things that this is called, but I, I love this for two reasons. One, Chris, we were just kind of talking about, you and I met before COVID. And I was just getting into real estate investing. I don't even think I had started Airbnb at that point, to be honest. And I was just like, creative finance. And I don't know what to ask. I don't know what it's all about. But I learned so much, so much that I actually decided, hey, I want to get started in this too, because this is such a great way to buy a house on terms. Uh, but number two, especially with interest rates going up, this is such a hot topic. Everyone I'm talking to right now is like, I'm, I'm moving away from buying on the market, I'm moving away from you know doing some of the rental arbitrage because I just think there's gonna be so many deals to get houses from people that are in tight situations that I can go and and flip this thing into a better rate, better down payments, maybe even no down payments, so that they can get a cash flow in Airbnb. So I'm really excited about this conversation. But Chris, before we jump into it, thanks so much for joining us, man. You bet. No, I'm psyched to be here. Um, post COVID, 
with you. This time a post COVID, but for me, when you and I met, I'm psyched to dive in here. I we're we're going to a, a show next week. And mind it, I'm in California. I could not believe it. They said you need to show a same day COVID negative test. I'm like, we're in 2022. What are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, the topic. Beyond. First of all, give give everyone a little bit of background. How did you get into real estate? First of all, how did you get into buying on terms? And if you can give a little bit of background on what exactly buying on terms means. Yeah, I'll do a few seconds. I need because 31 years uh, put them to sleep. <laughs> so. Yeah, I real estate, I was around it. Uh, I'm going to date myself, but I was around it with my father in the 80s. He wasn't in real estate. He was in the welding business, but he built his own buildings and leased them back, which as I got older, I thought that was so cool. And then I was just around it, picked up the Trump book in the 80s. It wasn't a pol political thing then, right? Then coming up to the crash, let's fast forward. This is what made us, I'll say made us re-engineer the business again to create a real estate. And that was the 08, you know, crash yeah. and the disaster for me. So coming out of that, we said, all right, let's from now on get a new set of rules here. And that would be no bank loans, no putting up money. So I don't care if you have credit, I don't care if you have cash. It literally doesn't matter. And that's not any fluff at all. And so from 08 on, let's just say 11 or 12 on, because it took me a few years literally to get out of my own head from the failure. Um, we started buying that way. We have now surpassed a thousand deals, stop counting, surpassed a hundred million in deals, stop counting. And, and are doing deals all over North America with students. Because Kyle, I think you and I talk, may have talked about this. And that is that the challenge in the real estate industry right now, well, then we'll talk about the market, is in my opinion, there's a lot of cool stuff out there and there's a lot of great marketers, but there's not a lot of people saying, hey, I'll take you by the hand. We'll do this deal together. And as such, you're going to learn like you never learned before. That's what we do with students. And that's the big, the big, uh, the big change there. Yeah, and I've been in a few of your rooms when you guys are doing this and, and you have a really cool community. I really like that. And we do see you guys, when I was in the room, this was actually right when COVID started. I remember it being about 15, 20 people and it, it just, you guys had such a good beat on all of your students and knowing where, where their deals are coming from, how, how you're helping them. And, and that's, you know, for the mass number of people that you're helping, I think that's a really unique thing. So really quickly, just you know, when you say not having to use bank loans, mm -hmm. not having to put money in, whether it's credit or cash or whatever, just kind of break that down. Treat us all like second graders right now. Yep. What does buying on terms exactly mean? Okay. So let's use, I'm sitting in my building right now. Okay. It's, it's um, where I have our companies, but we also have tenants, companies. And buying on terms, one of the two, I won't even go to the third, but one of the two is owner financing. We target within that niche, free and clear, no mortgage. So all owner financing means is in, inside of the terms world is this owner preferred not to sell outright. There's no convincing that because that answers a lot of questions. Like people say, how do you convince him? You know, he couldn't accomplish his goal on the conventional market. So he wanted to sell owner financing. I cut a check to him every month. Sadly, he's passed, but his family every month get a check from me still since 18 because instead of a bank, he's the bank. Right. Just in the simplest form, I could explain that to my grandson. So he now becomes the bank. I didn't have to go through underwriting for a commercial building, which would have really, really sucked. That's grueling. Like nobody wants to do that. I didn't have to go up at 25 or 35% down. None of that took place. And it doesn't report to my credit. That's real simple, isn't it? I mean, you can't yeah. get any more simple than that as far as owner financing. So that's one, one way. The other way is lease purchase. Lease purchase is great for a newbie because it's literally built. Our agreements are built with a $10 deposit, Kyle, 10 and so quick story, Brian in Illinois, he's like the poster child right now in our community. He did his first eight deals with lease purchase, $10 each, literally. 
And he created over 836,000 in all three paydays, which we've trademarked the three paydays, as you know. Uh, that, so those are two methods, but I could go deeper. Yeah. So the one I also want to just get everyone in, in the know of, because there's a lot of, a lot of this word going on subject to. Can yep. you touch on that just for a second? Yeah, I love sub two. Subject two just means to define it first. We are going to purchase a home. And usually, unlike this building owner, they're in financial stress. It's a complete opposite spectrum. So we're going to buy their home to relieve that stress. And the home's going to go into our entity or our trust or our name. But the loan stays in their name. The loan they took out someday, far back, it's going to stay in their name. Now, what's really cool about that, that's the definition. What's really cool about it is right now, I was just telling you off air, we are buying homes subject to from people that need a guide like they're panicking right now with interest rates of two and three and four percent. Just did another one this week. So picture that rates are going up towards seven. We're buying at two, three and four. Yep. That is pretty cool. And that's what's going on. We could talk about timing in a minute, but that's a big issue right now. So guys, just to clarify this and why I was so excited to, to get on here and we, we have a large number of people joining in right now. So get your questions ready. Um, in fact, if you've done any of these types of deals, just post, uh, what have you done? Have you done a subject to? Have you done all room finance? Have you done a uh, lease option? Just post there. Or uh, what are you most excited about learning about today so we can make sure to ask the right questions to Chris? So what, what we're talking about right now is when we look at the market right now and we see interest rates are doing nothing but this, right? Rents are doing nothing but this. It, it becomes very difficult to look at that and and really justify being a buyer buyer right now, you know, and saying, hey, you know what? Sure, you know, prices are kind of starting to settle, but I could have bought a house last year for rates at two and a half, three percent. Now it's two and a half, three times as high at seven plus percent. Mm. And so, especially from an Airbnb perspective now, that gap of cash flow to expenses is starting to close if you're looking on market. So now we can go in and we can talk to an owner who's not getting what they want on market or isn't getting the, the goals that they're setting out to do, and they have much better terms. Let's just take the subject two idea. If they bought the house last year at two and a half, three percent, and now they're upside down on it, now they want to sell to you and they just want to get their, they just want to get their, their money back. Right, Chris, like what, tell, tell me a little bit more of what, what is a typical person when you go and talk to them and they're. They're in dire need and they're looking to the subject two route. What kind of situation is that? Is that seller in? Uh, one is what you said. The, the, the price are going to rapidly start going down now. They have. And I'm going to talk about a reason for that in a second. But they, they want relief. They don't even necessarily want it all back, Kyle. They might start the conversation to exactly what you said. Hey, I need my 10 grand back. Well, no, you're not going to get it. But I can relieve the pain though right away. They want that pain gone. A lot of people have already moved or second homes or whatever. Second thing is, but they're behind a month or two. Now that might not seem like it's daunting, but we just did one in Michigan with a student that the poor woman was behind like 1800 bucks on her first, they were tiny mortgages. And on her second, like 800 and she couldn't do it. And she went with us because she was getting hit by flippers and wholesalers and trying to lowball and do a short sale and just screw her up more. And we just said, no problem. We'll take over and we'll pay your arrears. And we walked into like 70 grand of equity. And yet she was crying saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are great. So there's different scenarios out there, but there's a solution for every single one of them. And yeah, sub two happens to be super, super popular right now as people need relief uh, more and more. So you literally got this house just by catching her up on her mortgage, which is yep. $1,800. Crazy. You take over the mortgage payments, but the loan stays in her name, correct? Correct. Yeah. Right. And then what, so 
obviously, guys, he's buying a house for $1,800. That's bottom line what it is. Now, how are we creating that trust with that, that seller to say, hey, yes, I'm going to pay for your mortgage every single month. Believe me, right? Like that is a good one. That's the tough one. Yeah, this is a good question. Couple answers, no particular priority order. One is, let's address a direct question first, but let me tell you a backdoor way into this if you can't do that. In our group anyway, in our, in our community, and anyone that, frankly, that holds, you know, you know about our home study course, anyone that holds that course, Kyle, this might be news to you actually, about nine months ago, we now are the only course nationally that you can get the certification for the Creative Financing Real Estate Association after you complete the course and go through the tests. Oh, wow. It's the only place. So you talk to the owner, the owner goes, yeah, Kyle, call me. And this guy called me. Well, are they certified with the Creative Financing Real Estate Association? Oh, no? Oh, okay, we are. So this, that's one credibility issue. The second is if you're, if you're part of the community, if not you know, attached to something that you can. And that is you say, look, we're the foremost experts in North America on doing creative finance deals. Uh, but here's a back way into it if you, if you have to. And that is you do a lease purchase whereby you take care of the same issues if there's not too much money owed. You don't want to put too much money down on a lease. You do the same thing. And then after six months or eight months or a year, this used to be a, one of our favorite strategies. You call them out. Hey, Kyle, I've been paying this for six or eight months. We need to make this pivot now. And you buy it then because I already trust you now. And now for us, that's not an issue because of our credibility now. But when you're brand new, that's a backdoor into it if you have to. And we could yeah. we could show you how to do that. That's that's really cool. I, I did not know about that. And that's actually something I didn't even know uh, what was a thing out there. So that's really cool to hear. Okay, so now you've got this deal, right? And this person has said, yes, I trust you. I know you're going to pay these, these mortgage payments for me. What happens if that person, let's say they pass or they, uh, they want to ch you know, change the name of the loan from them to, to a different person? Like, Have you ever had those kind of situations where in the middle of the deal, things change and you have to adjust? Yeah, fortunately and unfortunately, Kyle, every scenario you could come up with, I think almost every we've had. So yeah, we've had people pass away. If it's a lease purchase, you're dealing with the attorney, but we own the house is, is not an issue because what gets probated or in or gets transferred if they have the right estate planning is the property. Well, the property's gone. It's sold to us. Uh, the loan sits out there. We're going to keep paying on it. Now, one of the things I've, I've done three of these deals, we did uh, three subject twos uh, where we purchased them, caught the, the loans up. And then we, on the back end, did uh, two owner financing and one lease option. Um, that's a crazy story. I'll, I'll have to tell you that in a second <laughs> here. But the things that we learned uh, in that transition of being the owner to the exit strategy was the insurance was kind of tricky. You know, we don't have to go deep into that right now, but just to kind of relieve people's minds a little bit about yeah. the insurance, uh, because a lot of what we found is a lot of the banks, because that person was still the one with the loan, yep. they were having a tough time with understanding what the insurance deal was. Yep. Couple things, high points. Again, no particular order. We have a checklist for it. Um, there's a video on YouTube I did on how to properly insure a sub two, first of all. So you just go to our channel, Smart Real Estate Coach. Second, sure. second piece. Yesterday, Brian, the gentleman in Illinois who now gets that it's better to sub to do it sub two and own it than it is lease purchase, called me just yesterday, the day before now, and said, hey, did you realize NREIG, that's where we do all our insurance, NREIG, okay. they're the largest non-owner occupied that I'm aware of uh, insuring houses. They have a process now where they'll handle this for you. What I say in my video, they now do for you, which is they notify the lender, they change the insurance and they make sure the proper names are on the additional insured. Because mm -hmm. to your point, the lender has to stay on there. 
We have to stay on there. We appear to be a management company when we're on right. there as additional insured. And the owner's name has to, you know, the past owner's name has to stay on there. So that, that it's simple. And NREIG can walk you through it, but my video also does it. And it's how I trained my team before I knew NREIG did it. Okay. Uh, I said to Sue and our team, Sue, watch that four or five times until you get it. And now she just runs it for us. That's good info. I, I appreciate you sharing that because that, that, that was something that for a while we were just like, you know, I, we know people are doing this. This is legal. We know it's not anything that is, you know, going around the banks or anything. It's just something that we have to figure out. So I'm, I'm glad that you touch on that. So guys, yeah, can I tell you what my attorney said about that. Actually, to your point, you use the word legal. So we have a firm here that he's a senior partner. I own some property with him actually, but the junior attorney took over our account like in 13 to do these deals. And he said to him that the senior, I, I can't do those stuff, do things. And the senior partner said, no, 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 come in here. And he explained to him long and the short is it's not illegal. It's a contractual issue between the bank and the seller. It's the seller's option, if he, not option, sorry, right to say, I want to do this with this investor. It's his yeah. deal. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, someone just asked, it's N-R-E-I-G, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, our mutual friend, uh, Joey Murray just said that you're the goat of owner financing. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I hope this is hitting everyone the way that it's supposed to, because what Chris just talked about was literally owning a house, $1,800, catching up a owner that is in a tough situation, helping them to be able to get rid of this house without having to lose money. Then the fun part happens, right? Now we can look at the exit strategy. So Chris, on the back end, we're going to talk a little bit about Airbnb, but what's your favorite way once you get these subject to, what's your favorite way of uh, doing it? Is it lease option? Is it flipping it? Is it wholesaling it? What do you like to do on the back end? Is the I'm going to combine uh, our rent own strategy with the Airbnb for yeah. very specific reason. We kind of talked about it before the show, yeah. but let me say this first for everybody for context. The reason this is going to be enormous right now for the demand and the reason we couldn't possibly put enough associates, we call them associates who we do deals with, we couldn't put it possibly enough across North America fast enough to handle this demand. Promise you that. So the opportunity is there for you. And there's, there's a couple of reasons I'll say these quick and then I'll combine the strategies. One is the first, uh, sorry, the third time in 50 years, th only the third time in 50 years have we hit an affordability problem, not just a supply and demand problem. Think about that. So if it's already an affordability problem and the rates haven't hit the 50-year average, by the way, that 50-year that average is 7.7. Our 50-year average is 7.7. .7. We haven't even hit that yet, and it's already a big affordability issue. What do you think is going to happen in the next few months? Worse, way worse. So you have hundreds of thousands of buyers, sadly, that about two or three months ago thought they could buy a house, and now they think, I'm done. I, I, they lose all hope. We've had them in tears, and now they, we have an answer for them. Think of how cool that is. You are going to affect generationally buyers that can think differently. This is so healthy and so cool. Now, at the same time, the sellers have the same problem, right? So I just want to paint that picture because we just lowered the demand. So if that's the case, then we would like to teach everyone to exit these rent to own. But it's very important, Kyle. I know you know this, but we teach the, the students to exit on rent to own with a very specific process that my son Nick has mastered and teaches the students, whereby we set up the buyers to, to win. There's too many mentors that publicly on podcasts say, oh, it doesn't matter. I want my buyer to fail. That's awful for the buyer. Why would you do that morally and ethically? Yeah. So we have a system that sets them up to win. They're true buyers that have a down payment, that want to get it. They just can't. They have a credit or a short-term issue. Um, so that's number one, rent own. But but the Airbnb is cool because let's say you're a student of mine and you get to five or six properties. We're going to immediately start to do what I call wealth stack. 
And that is you might pick one and say your next property. You might pick it and you might target the area and pick one specifically for Airbnb and just cash flow the daylights out of that. And guess what? You put no money down. You put mm -hmm. 10 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and if you bought it on a financing, you might've had to pay the closing costs, but that's it. You can do no money down there too. So I love the combination of those strategies, Kyle, along with that strategy I said earlier, take your five or six, pick one or two and convert it from a lease purchase to a sub two. So there's like three things in there that I threw at you there. I hope that was- No, and I and I love that too. I, I was just in uh, Breckenridge with a good friend of mine, TJ Tijani, and he's doing- I know uh, TJ. You know TJ. Okay, cool. Oh yeah, uh, been to our events. Yeah, so TJ was talking about how he's going to start doing a uh, lease option with a lot of properties and that's kind of kind of be his his intro into it right so so I want to kind of pivot there we just talked about subject two. he's going to be going to owners and saying hey I want to rent this from you and in 3 years I want the option to purchase it so now looking at it from an Airbnb perspective do you like that strategy for the next few years and if so uh, why or why not I do like the strategy again, and with hindsight now doing the modern deals have done, TJ's bright and he, so he'll do both of these when I say it, yeah. do the lease purchase, but go for first the ownership, yeah. go first for the ownership of sub two or, a in, or on a financing. And look, you can target right now, you can go target the one third of properties that are in your area that are free and clear. They're great people to speak with, go target them. And then you have a debt-free property, you can get so creative with it. And if not, um, Go the sub two route. And if not, okay, then your backup is the least purchase. It's almost a no-brainer. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so if, if TJ is going to go this route, though, the idea behind it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, he's going to pay rent for, call it three years. They're going to agree upon a number of what it's going to sell in three years. And then the bank comes in and that's how they finish the transaction. Or how does that transaction get get finished um, on the back end of that? Yeah, and our standard strategy, when I said we set the buyers up to win, they're going to have a mortgage-ready plan that in month 18, 24, 36, whatever it is for them, it's two years for the new entrepreneur looking to get financing, right? Because they have to show two years of tax right. returns. Right. So, and I, let me comment on that in a second too. That's big. But but the answer is yes, they, they're going to get their own loan and cash the deal out. We've had, Kyle, a payday three, we call it, the cash out. We've had those types of cash outs to the tune of one or two a month for the, like since before COVID and for the foreseeable future infinitely, because we had so many deals in the works. Let me mention the entrepreneur thing. Aside from the affordability index uh, 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 problem and the rates going up, you have, it's public knowledge, right? It's there's different stats in this, but you have a massive influx from COVID of people saying to hell with a job, I'm going to stop my own business. And as such, you they have cash. They've left corporate jobs. They can't get financing. These buyers are terrific for us because they have financing. They're a true buyer. They just need time. That's who we deal with. And you can tell I'm big on this, this job thing. My shirt says, plan your escape. There are so many people in the W-2 world that want out. And, and that's what we've shown people how to do. We've been doing it for, I don't know, seven years now. That's awesome. So let me ask a little bit more uh, about that because I, I, didn't, I didn't quite wrap my mind around that. Repeat that for me one more time. Which piece? I can go fast. I, I live in New York. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so the W-2 people and, and uh, you had mentioned cash oh. out. I, I want to I just connect those dots. Yes. So uh, let's see. The stat I had, Del Michael Dell's new book. Great book. And he said in there, that there's a 200,000%, you can Google and get different stats, but a 200,000% increase in entrepreneurship, people leaving the job to start right. their own biz. Right. And COVID drove a lot of that. Great. They want to stay home, whatever. So why is that good for us? These people left corporate America. They go to start their own job. Literally, we've already dealt with some who went to go buy a house because they had a lot of money in the bank to start their business. They thought they're fine. 
Nope. The bank says I need two years of seasoning. Yep. They call it seasoning. They just need two years of time. So now they go, oh, shoot. So then they find a program like ours. They do lock in their price. They do buy it technically, but they can't get a loan or the deed until they get their financing. And that's in two years. Yeah. No. And that's so key. I, again, I, you, you kind of said it, but that was something that was not told to me when I got into the, the entrepreneurial world. Yeah. To get bank loans, trying to get lines of credit. They all ask, let me see two years of statements. And, and this is something too, guys, for those of you out there that are doing the arbitrage model and going to apartments, you're going to have that same question. Show me two years of tax returns. Show me two years of pay stubs. And when you don't have that, now you have to wonder, well, what, what route am I going to take? Now I got to either go to a landlord and do the arbitrage model and try to convince them, which is still, you know, I built a business on that. But we get that question a lot. Like, how do you get around the, the credit idea? And, and this can be part of it, just being able to, to have that cash built up and being able to go to an owner and say, hey, I'll owner, let's owner finance it. Let's sub two, let's, let's lease option and not have to show all these statements. So I want to ask from an Airbnb perspective, how many of your students are doing that strategy or are excited about that strategy as their exit, like what you just mentioned? I'd say just because of the nature of what we teach and then having to let them get through the, mm -hmm. I don't want shiny objects. I let them get to that five deal mark. I'd say maybe 10% that I know about. But there's a, probably also like TJ used to be in our community somewhere. So there's a whole slew of people out there doing great things that I don't know about. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, and, and just to give everyone perspective too, I, this is really all that I'm going to be focusing on here for the next year is just, I'm not looking at the MLS. I'm really not talking to wholesalers. Myself and another partner are going out and we're going to be doing creative finance deals. Like that's just, I'm pulling the, the curtains back and letting you guys know what we're doing because I feel like now that the rates are what they are, there's going to be way too many opportunities for buyers and way too many tough situations right now for sellers to not take advantage of this. Chris, I got a story for you. You ready? Yeah, fire away. <laughs> uh, we did, right before COVID, we did a subject two and we ended up lease optioning it to a guy that um, we probably should have uh, seen the red flags. We didn't. The guy ended yeah, up, Stop paying rent, of course, because COVID happened and I'm in California. And anytime, you know, COVID, we talk about COVID in California, everyone stopped paying rent. Finally got the eviction process started. When we got the eviction process started, the guy started sending us videos of him literally taking a jackhammer to the inside of the house and being like, you can't kick me out of here. We get the sheriff there on the day of the eviction. I'm in Phoenix. My partner's in Utah. So our contractor is supposed to be there at nine o'clock. Contractor showed up at 9.15, sheriff's already gone. Can't evict him, have to restart this three-month process of an eviction process again. The day before that, the end of that three months of that second go-around, a code enforcement guy says, hey, tomorrow you're getting evicted. Just want to let you know. And I'm just here to check out the house and make sure that you know it's ready to, ready to go for code enforcement. He burns it to the ground. The get the tenant, the tenant burns it to the ground. Oh, I'm laughing. <laughs> sorry, but I, I've had some doozies, but this is a doozy. So check this out. And when this happened, we end up calling the and we had called the police multiple times just about things like, hey, you know, that we, we got a call from a neighbor saying that they saw like a potential, you know, stolen car on the the front yard, yada, yada, you know, just a yeah. couple of times when this fire happened, we ended up talking to the police. They had 29 calls on this house, not one arrest, not one warning, nothing. 
Like this is wow. this is the problem with with uh, D class and C, and th that's the problem that I the thing I learned about this, and my partner and I both talked about it. No D class, no C class, B class, and and above only is what we're going for because yep. of the type of exit strategies that we're looking for, especially with Airbnb. But holy cow, the good news is with insurance. And with yeah. us being able to wholesale the property, we we made a nice profit. Was it worth all the headache for a year? No, it was not. But that was a fun story. <laughs> That's a different one. Can I, I'll, I'll give a little tidbit for the listeners. So during COVID, I think we had our family team, not the whole community, mm -hmm. but our family team had about 62 or 64 properties going into COVID. And we literally were trying to plan on how many might default, right? To your point earlier, mm -hmm. we had two. Okay, And the reason is, we, we did a ton of those, by the way, that you had an egg on our face. But the reason is Nick's the master at the buyers now. And we want to make sure they're true buyers. So we've gotten really picky, thick skin. Yeah. And so we only put people in that are, that are true buyers. And during COVID, if you're a true buyer, just like if you had a mortgage, you're like, I got to pay because I got to get financing eventually. So that's why we had good luck. The two, one was, one was like yours. He was a professional nutcase. And the second one, sadly, she was a teacher and had to leave. Like those are the two we lost. But other than that, we kept 60 plus. And it's because the rent home model, if you do the buyers right, assures you're sitting on a buyer, not a renter. I laughed at yours, but I've had the professional tenant. I just haven't had anyone burn the house down yet. Yeah. yeah. Well, and now you, you nailed it right there. We didn't have a qualified buyer. We had a guy who came yeah. in and knew that he wasn't going to be able to get rents from or get approved for rent from anyone else. But he said, you know, we were asking for a, um, an upfront fee of 10,000. And he was like, I'll give you 20,000. And we were like, whoa, like wow. worst case scenario. And we even said it, and, and this is funny because we said worst case scenario, this guy doesn't pay rent for a year, $20,000, rent's only 1,300. We're still coming out on top. That's not worth it. What was the price of the house? I'm trying to think why, but I have an inclination. Why, what was the price of the house? The loan that we took over was like 110, but the so value of the house at the time was like 130. Okay, the reason I ask, and this is another good little nugget for peeps, in some states, if it's challenged, I've never had it, but I know some some people that have had it. And that is if you if they're putting 20% down or more and they're smart enough and they're turning smart enough, then you're gonna have a hard time getting them out because it's more like a foreclosure. I've never had it. We've never got challenged on it, but I know it's come up in different state laws that they could perhaps maybe have the judge side with them saying, No, we put that much money down. It's not an eviction, it's a foreclosure, even though yeah. you own the house. Weird. But I'm yeah. thinking maybe the guy knew that. I don't know. Or he I, just didn't have enough attention as a kid and wanted to burn the house. <laughs> right. I, I doubt he knew. The, the even crazier thing is once he burnt the house down, Chris, the next day, he put a mattress in there and still was sleeping in it. Ah, you so can't that, stuff that gives you an idea of where his mind was at. All right. We've got some really good questions here, <laughs> and uh, I want to make sure they get answered. So uh, let's see. How do I start finding potential owners who will sub two to me? Good, good question. So, okay, there's two answers. When, when we start students out, we just have them going through our lead source, my plus leads, and they get FISBOs uh, for rent by owner, for sale by owner, and expireds. And in that batch, there'll be some people that are, are in need of your help. Okay, that's number one. Number two, we have several students literally targeting four sub twos. Uh, I'll give you one example. Bought 15 to 19 pre-COVID, 10% or less equity. So there's not much room to wiggle. And if they're right. behind this, like, screw it, I want to leave. So there's all kinds of ways to find properties. You are not going to be without a lead source uh, in this market ever. Um, so that's just two examples. Okay, cool. And a lot of your marketing, though, direct mail, text messaging? No, just phone. Phone, okay, all cold call. Okay. Yep. 
Perfect. I apologize. I'm going to say her name wrong. Marike, uh, you said, what is D class and C class? We're just talking about the type of neighborhood. So A class would be like luxury and then B class and, and below, of course, just continues to go down. So here's the smell uh, test. I, I just say what I want my daughter, my wife driving yeah. through this neighborhood at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. The answer is, oh my God, they wouldn't even think about it. I ain't going there. Yeah. And, and that's exactly what I say for Airbnb. So guys, you know, if you decide to go down this route, right, don't just be in the mindset of Airbnb. That's, that's the big thing that I would say is we missed out at the same time that we were picking up those three that I told you about for subject two, Chris, we had one opportunity and the subject two as an Airbnb or a long-term rental was just not working out. We forgot to look at it as a potential flip. Yeah. We just didn't, we were, we had our goggles on of the way that we were looking at it. The guy who ended up getting the deal and flipping it made 80K. You know? I bet. So I bet you, made me, you made me think of something really important. So put your picture this. Fast forward yourself a year out. If, I don't care if you knew or what kind of experience you have. And just picture kind of like you, your helmet being on and, and it says transaction engineer. So just to Kyle's point, you get a lead. Then you decide how am I going to exit because you have that skill set. That skill set, by the way, you'll have for life, whether you ever talk to us again. You have that for life. You can do your own properties with that. That's super important. And then second, we just, uh, you may know this from Zach, Kyle, we just uh, signed three, but two relative to this, strategic partnerships. One with a extremely large across North America um, flipper and wholesaler and in, in one with a buy and hold strategy. And that is so that when our students come in and they go, oh, shoot, Chris, I know you teach me this, but I get this flip. Great. You go to that coach and they're going to help you do that. And you can let go and go back to your main core. So there's nothing that our students can't pivot and handle now as a transactional engineer. So that's just food for thought. Yeah. And and Chris, I, I need to give time for this too. Uh, guys, if you have more questions, please post them now. We only have a little bit of time left, but Chris, uh, we're going to post, of course, information on this, this Facebook post. And then of course, when it goes live on YouTube and the podcast, we're going to have it in the show description. But someone becoming one of your students, what, is, what does that look like? Just give us a little bit of an overview and what they're going to get. Yeah, it's changed since we talked too. It's we've really fine-tuned it. So you go through a 90-day curriculum. Everybody does. I don't care where you started or where you left off. You're going through a 90-day curriculum. And then depending on what level you decide to operate at, you're locking arms with coaches. I coach one of the levels uh, that we have certified coaches for all the other levels. So I'm still in the trenches where I love to do. And, and it's transactional. We're doing it with you. Like I'll be calling your sellers. The coach will be calling your sellers. Just how we do it. So you learn interactively, not just in theory. And there's a lot of free stuff, Kyle. I'm big on this. I think you know that. I don't want people coming into the niche and, and go, ah, I'll try it. No, I want people to go through all our free stuff. We'll give them a link at the end for a bunch of books for free. And, I, and then say, ah, oh, this is for me. I, I want it. Okay, great. So we'll give you some links at the end for a free class and a free book. Awesome. Perfect. Okay. So uh, I know I have one of those links. So uh, once we have those other links to Chris, I'll post those uh, again on this thread right now, if you guys are watching on the Facebook page, as soon as I post, make a comment now so you get notified. And then if you're watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast, it'll be in the show notes. Another question we've got here, what's the average time frame for a sub two deal from start to finish? It's a good one. To close it out? Yeah. It depends what the demand is from the, um, from the um, seller. Good quick example. We've got an attorney that can do these in 32 states now. And her name is Laura. She's amazing. She was at our last event. And she, we have a deal right now that a wholesaler brought to us. Couldn't get it done. And he said, I need to close it by Friday. This was like Monday. And she can do it because title was already ran and she's going to rush it. So we can do it in five or six days if we had to. 
what do I prefer? You know, I breathing room, 30 days, 45 days, but we can do it fast. Cool. Okay. Uh, Craig asks, what have you found to be the right situations for a sub two, meaning what situations is the seller typically in? So we, we talked about that financial a little bit, but is there any other ways that, um, or any other situations that these sellers are typically in for sub two? Mainly financial, um, but, oh no, sorry, there's another big one. So someone has a primary residence mm -hmm. and they've been out of it for two years. They got to live in that two out of five years to not get whacked with capital gains. So if, they, if they're approaching that three-year mark, they lived in it too, they've been out, they're almost three years out. If they don't transfer that to you sub two, then that clock is over and they're getting whacked capital gains when they sell it. Hmm. So lease purchase wouldn't work if sub two works. Um, we don't have time to dive into some combo strategies there, but yeah, that, that's another big scenario right now where people thought, oh, I'll just sell it. The market's great. And all of a sudden now they can't, but they've been out of it for approaching three years. Yeah. And so- Guys, a lot of you listening, right, we're used to talking strictly about Airbnb, especially doing it without owning the uh, the house. So this is a, a lot to wrap your mind around. And I'll just tell you, like, I'm not the smartest guy. So this took me a long time to really wrap my, my mind around completely. But once I experienced it and once I really started doing some deals, it, it all just started clicking. And I just really encourage you that if any of this just sounds interesting at all, Chris just told you, we're going to get you some free resources. If you get to that point where you're like, yes, I'm ready to take action on this, become their student, get into that. In the meantime, they've also got a free YouTube channel, free podcasts, SREC, Smart Real Estate Coach. These guys are the real deal. I love talking to you, Chris, every time we have you on. Exactly. Zach, my partner as well. We've done some, some stuff together. I was supposed to meet Zach in Houston, but I, I know uh, you guys ended up having to to jump out of TJ's event. Uh, but I'm just giving you guys the, the download. This is the time to be looking at this exit strategy and learn it and fall in love with it because this is where you're going to have the most opportunity, I think, for the next 12 to 24 months and possibly even beyond. Um, anything more you want to say about that, Chris? Yes. you just The last thing you said was key, 12 to 24 months. So here's what I've been screaming about, very similar to what you just said. Nine to 24 months, what Kyle just said, basically, I'm telling you, it's it's not easy. You had to be aggressive with it. But if you work focused like a laser, you can acquire enough property to exit Airbnb and any other strategy you want, but you will create a decade of income. If you do it right, a decade of income. I know it's a bold statement, but if you're serious about it and you're committed, we can show you how to do it. Let's do it. All right, last question here from Daniel. Uh, we did speak about this for a second, but I, I want to make sure this sinks in. He says, can sellers purchase another property after doing a sub two or does it affect their DTI slash credit? Very good question. Yeah. All banks are going to treat it differently. So I never want to say to a seller, oh, go to just do this. You'll get another loan. I say to a seller exactly this. I say, look, some banks are going to count 100% of us covering the mortgage. Some are going to count 75. Some are going to need a year seasoning. I don't know. You got to shop to your bank. But us as a responsible, moral and ethical investor, Daniel, I think is who said that, you're going to want to give them a mirror, mirror wrap. So they're protected and they can show their, their new mortgage lender that it's covered by that note. Because without that, A, they're naked if you have a default. And B, how are they going to tell the bank, I, well, these guys bought it, but I'm, how am I covered? You're not really covered. Mm. So a mirror wrap mortgage that basically shows them if you don't pay, they get their house back and it shows them you are, you, you're paying the payment and covering it. Do you find most sellers are going just the, the, the rental route from their current situation? Yes. If they're in financial uh, straits, I was going to be my next comment, Kyle. Most of these sub twos that are financially beat up, not the, not the capital gains people, those people aren't beat up, but the ones that are doing it because they're beat up financially or need relief, 
they frankly don't ever ask about that. I had one school teacher who said, Chris, my credit's great. I got a divorce. I got to move over here. And I, I want to go get another house. So I gave him a mirror wrap. But I literally can't think of more than one or two more that, that asked us for that. They just went off and rented. And they could care less to ever talk to you again. They could kill us about their house again. Okay, cool. Well, hey, th this has been a fun conversation. Uh, I'm really excited about all the value that everyone got. Guys, drop some thank yous here for Chris. And uh, Chris, I don't know if you're in our Facebook group, but I, I just have a feeling people are going to watch this replay and they're going to be asking more questions. So I'm going to send you an invite and tag you on this post just in case. Just tell V to make sure that we we do the right thing with that because I haven't been there in years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sound, sounds good, man. Any last words before we log off here? Not Look, we said enough about the timing, so I don't want to be beat that to death. Do you want any of the links? Or you, want me, you want me to give them to you later? Yeah, we can get them later and we'll, we'll awesome. post them on this, this thread. Chris, thanks so much for helping us to conquer the world of creative financing and buying houses on terms so that we can go and do it as an Airbnb. Appreciate <laughs> Thank it. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right, so show notes of this one you can find in the show notes on the description. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right down below. If you're listening on the podcast, also in the show notes right there. So that's all you got to do. We don't have a link to go to on this one. Just go ahead and go over to the show notes, show description. I know for most of you that, that are hearing this for the first time, this is probably a lot of information. And you're like, I know there's something to it, but I just haven't quite wrapped my mind around it. There are so many free resources that Chris gave to me once we got off of this call that you want to make sure you go that go down into the show description and check those out. There's a free book. There's a masterclass. It'll allow you to understand this a little bit more with some visuals, some case studies, and it'll help you to really wrap your mind around how powerful this is going to be for the next 12 to 24 months. I encourage you to go to that and get started with them. If you're ready to get started and take this thing seriously, their coaching is second to none. Go check them out. As for now, we're going to go ahead and log off here. Thank you so much for joining the Fearless Investor Podcast. Or we're helping you to conquer the world of Airbnb. Hey, Fearless Investor community. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Fearless Investor. If you haven't already, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. And for more free content, check out my YouTube channel, also called The Fearless Investor, and our website, www.fearlesskyle.com. Until next time, keep on conquering the world of short-term rentals.